Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, the TAP series. To freshen your mind about what the Acceleration Project is, or TAP as we call it, is an innovative, award-winning consulting firm focused on underserved small businesses, particularly women and minority-owned enterprises. I've been on a mission to feature powerful stories from TAP members and clients so that they share with you their own journeys and the commitment in giving back to the community. Today, we welcome Shamis Beats, who is a member of the President's Circle. Shamis is an entrepreneur, leadership coach, keynote speaker, and a Thrive Global contributor. Her vision is for well-being to thrive in every individual and within every organization. So without further ado, hello, Shamis, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hello, Leticia. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, this is a treat, you know, uh, as I committed to feature the amazing TAP community. I mean, it's been a, such a discovery for me. And uh, as I did re the research for you and, and read some of your pieces in Thrive and say, oh, this is going to be good. So I'm very <laughs> excited. I'm very excited about having you here. I'm excited to be here. My my life is an open book, so Yeah, I, I can tell that I, I feel I read a lot and I'm like, oh, my God, I can talk with her like for a long. I can already talk to people for a long time. My audience knows that. But uh, I am I don't want to steal the thunder, but I definitely will put the link to a lot of your you know, work and mostly in Tribe Global. You have so many articles. Normally, I struggle to find, you know, a few articles for my guests that I, that represent what I want to talk about. Every one of your articles I could talk about. I could have an episode on every one of your articles. You're really an amazing writer. Thank you. Thank you. Words are, you know, it, words come easy to me. Yeah, I can I'm tell. I'm running my mouth either way. So, uh, <laughs> well, there's so much power in sharing our stories, and I get to I get to do that to support other people. I love it. I love it, and I know you have already as a as we're gonna go into your childhood. You know, I already know a little bit, so I'm not gonna give anything away. But tell me about your family, your childhood, and how was growing up for you? Yeah, look, I I am very fortunate to be the daughter of a Ethiopian Somali immigrant and a powerful black woman from Southeast Washington, DC, who didn't grow up a lot, with a lot. And I, I say that higher education is how I, I came to be because my father and my mother met at university and education was always so important in our family. I am really fortunate to be a part of a large, diverse family mm -hmm. where I have brothers and sisters that are full Somali that came to the States in the 80s that I'm very close with and are very important to me. And then I have my brothers and sisters from the union of my parents. So growing up, I like to say 
I was raised Muslim. Half my family's Christian because my mother had converted. I grew up in Maryland outside DC in a very predominantly Jewish neighborhood. And growing up outside Washington, DC in suburban Maryland, right? Diversity, um, international backgrounds, cultural diversity, ethnic, racial, religious diversity is part of the fabric of growing up there. And so that's very much a part of my story. And just being really fortunate to have had access to really amazing education. With that, a big part of my journey also was the loss of the sudden loss of my mother when I was 17, one month before I started college. Oh, wow. And so that put me in a very uh, special place in my life, going away and having to figure out the next phase of life um, in a different physical location with a very, with expectations around still achieving, yet having this personal tragedy that I was navigating. And, and um, so it was, you know, that was very much a part of uh, going through that was, is very much a part of who I am. Right? I was very fortunate growing up and the loss of my mother was, a, was an eye opener. Um, and I didn't really start to unpack the impact of that event on my life until just a couple of years ago. Um, so I'll leave it there. Yeah, um, I imagine that's a lot. I cannot imagine losing a parent at, at 17. That must be devastated. I lost one of my best friends at 17 to a, to a car accident. And that I think death, I mean, comparing is not, I mean, the parent is really something that I cannot even, but just death in general. I think when you experience it at an early age, it definitely shapes how you approach life, I think. Would you agree? Yeah, it really does. But I, and, and I also want to say that loss is loss. And no matter when it comes, how it comes, sudden, long illness, how old we are, we get to honor who we lost. Like we get to honor the fact that loss has occurred. And, and really recognizing that it's important to get support around that because we internalize it in so many different ways. And so I'm just always very conscious of saying, right, I'm sorry for your loss, mm-hmm. right? We, we both suffered and it, and it shows up very differently, but it's, I just really want to emphasize the importance of honoring that. That's a, that's a big, important point you make. Some people uh, call it like uh, welcoming the unwelcome or, you know, like dealing with whatever goes on at the, at the present time. And I know I know you're big on that and, and we're definitely going to get through it. So but tell me in terms of studying and the impact I'm sure your mother had because at 17 she had already impacted in terms of your passion you had as a as a young girl. Yeah. What were you passionate about? What were you dreaming about doing? Yeah, I thought I was going to become an attorney. Okay. I wasn't sure. I I knew I wanted to help people. Service has always been at the center of my being. Listening, arguing, you're presenting a case, building a case. You know, my dad used to always say, you know, it was just very much like the running thing in my family. I was always the one arguing. Uh But it was really about supporting what people wanted to do, what I wanted to do, and building the case and, and presenting that standing up and having a voice. And even though I didn't get there, because really when I, I started, when I went to undergrad, I was, I was struggling and, you know, I'd never really grade studying was always something I was very studious. 
growing up. I, my parents never had to tell me to go study. Like I was the, I, I was the sufficient, you know, I was the middle child. Mm-hmm. I kind of did what I knew I was supposed to do. And when I didn't do what I was supposed to do, nobody knew about it. Me too. I'm the middle <laughs> child. I can relate to so much what you're saying. And I wanted to be a lawyer too. So we have a lot in common already. Yeah, <laughs> just, I, I wanted to serve and support people. And um, I really thought that would fit for me. However, when I got to school, I, you know, my great, my, I had to, I had just had a hard time just navigating how I was feeling, getting the work done. And so I knew certain paths were possible. And, you know, where I went to undergrad, it was like, you go to law school, med school, banking, consulting, there were a few marketers in there, but it was kind of like, that's what you did. And because I struggled in the beginning of my educational journey at university, my grades weren't where I wanted them to be. And um, I reached out uh, to you know the powers that be at the university, and I met with somebody in the dean of the law school, one of the deans at the time. And I was it was recommended that I uh, take two years to work and then apply. And in my mind at the time, I was like, I don't want to do that, mm-hmm. right? Was, I was actually studying sociology of law as the foundation because mm-hmm. I always knew that I wanted to understand people. Like people was always my thing. But when I heard that, I said, that's not. That's not the path that I have in my head. And so let me take advantage of what the university has to offer and explore other options. And, you know, the university has a world-renowned business school. I went to Penn. And so I was like, okay, I can take some classes at Wharton. I can get involved in clubs. I can get internships. And I really started to see how I could apply my sociology background and my critical thinking skills to other things. And so I went into the world of business. But I went into consulting out of undergrad in human capital consulting, right? So I still was leveraging the people foundation that I had and was really important to me and my critical thinking skills. And I applied it um, in that way, but always in my heart of hearts, uh, you know, I, I have a, I wear like an attorney's hat, right? I'm always the one thinking about risk management, legal and compliance. What are our contracts look like? Right. So I, I feel like I'm still living in that world as a, as a business owner. Yes. Still, I still get to think about the implications legally of what I do. And so that's what, how I bring that to bear. And it really at the, at the foundation of it, critical thinking skills are at the foundation of what lawyers do. Yeah. So. Is there in the bucket list somewhere of chamois uh, going back to law school? Is that something <laughs> that you ever think about it or no? <laughs> no, that days are, those days are gone. My right. husband's like, how many more credentials do you need to get? <laughs> like, Aren't you good where you are? And I'm like, well, I, I love learning. Yes. I love learning. So I, I, I admit I will continue to seek learning opportunities, um, formal and informal, but law school certainly at this stage in life is not one of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. and I asked because I have a good friend of mine from graduate school. She had it like us, like she wanted to be a lawyer. She pursued another career and she just finished at 40, at, oh, at 50, her law degree. She went for it. Oh, that's impressive. And she just finished. And uh, I've always had it on my bucket list and, and I wanted to study law, but my dad, he didn't push me. He, I always call it, he tactfully brainwashed me to study business. <laughs> and uh, and then I've always said, well, this is your degree. At some point, I'm going to go for my degree and always had that. And then when master's came, you know what, the opportunity for, for graduate school came, I said, is that or law school? Mm-hmm. And I always had it like behind in the back of my mind. But I think at this point, I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, that train has <laughs> has departed. Train has, has left the station. And hey, I just get to know many, I, I socialize 
with many lawyers. So, mm-hmm. and when I, you know, I, I leverage their know-how in different ways to help me do what I do. So I figure that's, you know, that's how I'm checking that box. No, I love it. And, and the reason why I ask you is because I know there's people out there that are listening to us that have something in there that they thought they were going to do and they were passionate about it. And something like, you, oh, we thought we were going to be lawyers. At some point, you have to let go of that idea. Yeah, yeah, I let it go because I know that there are elements of what it meant to me to be a lawyer. Taking, getting, stepping back from the label And really thinking about what was it under that that I wanted to do. I wanted to amplify amplify people's voices. I wanted to be able to think critically about the problems that I was doing. I wanted to to serve and support. And and I'm doing that now. So, So I remind myself that even though the label's different, I'm doing the work that's meaningful and purposeful for me. Yeah, doing work that matters, I think. If we focus on doing work that matters to us, then our whole approach to life would be completely different. And and, and so you you founded your own company, right? Focusing on leadership. So tell me about it. Well, I, well, getting to this point was definitely a journey. Um, Back in 2018, I went on a purpose journey because I realized that while I was doing things that I was, I was always going with somebody else's flow. Mm-hmm. And I was doing things that I was good at, that I was great at, but I was constantly exploring this, like, I haven't found my thing. And I really wanted to take a step back and connect with who I was, what was purposeful, what mattered to me. And, and I real, I was, when I really stepped back to reflect on it, I realized I just hadn't found it yet. And so it's launching my business was the culmination of about a year of purposeful exploration, deep exploration about like who Shamus is, what's important to her and how do I want my impact in the world to be? What do I want that to look like? And so much of, and so I stepped into therapy to really start to explore that because I realized I had mentioned earlier, I hadn't really unpacked my mother's passing, but this also had a lot to do with my relationship with my dad. And just really understanding, right, how important like education was to me and how I can serve and help others learn about themselves and about others and service and like, what does that mean and how it can look so different? Um, and then recognizing that I wasn't, as much as I wanted to serve people, I wasn't doing it away in a way that was really capacity building for me or for them, right? I thought I had to fix people's problems rather than really help them take a step back and objectively figure out what's going to move them forward. And um, I just took a lot on personally. And I was like, I get to step back from that. And so I had started a coaching program when I was running a charter school after business school and real and told myself I was too busy to finish it. And I realized I want to get back to that because I really know as much as I want to build organizations from the inside out, which is why I really enjoyed being in the world of startups it was really the people and I wanted to support the people and help them have the confidence and the know-how to create. And rather than enabling them, I really wanted to empower them. And that first I had to start exploring, well, what am I doing? How am I being that is not helping me accomplish that? Right. So I can switch some of my own practices and then, okay, let me go in and get my certification in coaching. Cause I still like to be, 
credentialed and, and really it's not just having the credential, it's understanding the methodology of coaching because before, oh yeah, I thought I would have been, I thought I was coaching people, but I was really more mentoring, being a subject matter expert. And I, and that was like, okay, let me take a step back. So getting uh, certified as a professional coach, getting a, getting my accreditation um, by the International Coach Federation, that was really important to me to just brand the fact that I've done the work mm-hmm. um, because being neutral is really important in the space of coaching. I know this is like a long story to how I got to where I am, but it was really starting. No, no, this is great. I love it. I I am relaxing and I, and you tell it in such a powerful way that I'm just in awe. And I'm sure that people listening to you are in awe of your story. (laughs) So, yeah. So, so much of it was like a foundation of coaching. And then once I declared my business, it was like people came out of the woodwork and they're like, oh, well, okay, you coach, but can you also, can you coach me? But can you also come over to my company and bring some of your shamus magic? <laughs> I, like so that. I don't know exactly what you're doing, but let's talk about it. Because if you're now stepping into leadership development and people had experienced me as a leader in organizations, they're like, come, come help us. Let's talk about this. And that's when I stepped into the training and facilitation. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is, allows me to amplify what I'm doing um, from a place that felt so connected with like my being. Like, I'm like this, I love this. I'm energized by this, right? This is amazing. Amazing because this is, you've said two things that I think are so important. One that you say people were coming out of nowhere because every time someone thinks about pursuing their true passion, I think that's one of the places where they get stuck. Like they, they say, who am I going to sell this to? Who am I? Who's going to be my client? Who's gonna, and then they just get paralyzed by fear of doing it. And they don't realize it doesn't work that way. It works the opposite way, actually. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I just declared, I went on, I, I made video. I put it on LinkedIn. I declared my business. And I just talked about being a coach. And then because I was open to having conversations with people when they reached out. And it's like, they saw me as, and I don't want to say more than a coach as if coaching is not enough, but they, but they saw and knew parts of me that could really help them. And then I slowly started expanding my vision because I mean, I I just, I thought I was just going to do the one-on-one. I can impact the world by impacting one person. And that was sufficient for me, Mm -hmm. but very quickly things just blew up. But everything that I did felt authentic to me. It felt purposeful because I talk a lot about purpose versus passion. I'm passionate about mentoring. The leadership development work that I do and the employee engagement work that I do is my purpose work. It energizes me. Even when days are long and exhausting, I know I'm having impact. I know I'm helping people and organizations transform one day at a time, one moment at a time. And I just, I love it. I love it. Well, I, I I cannot say this enough since I started the tap series. I mean, I know people listening to this know why is it that I'm doing this? Because some people say, how does this all relate? This all relate because you are amazing and we are lucky to be part of the same group of people trying now to help underserved businesses. And we will talk about tap and we've had Marsha on the show, Jane on the show, I can also, 
But this is what makes it special because it's successful people that that want to help others. And in my case, this this energizes me. And and this is how my podcast plays a role out of the woodwork where no one, <laughs> even I didn't even thought of this. And I'm connecting to such amazing people. I was just talking to a friend yesterday. We were talking about my work and all this. I say, but the one thing I'm very excited about is the amazing people I'm getting to know and meet and interact with. This is yeah. like, it's magic happening in front of my eyes and it's very powerful. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, it's so funny because so many times I want, I use that word magic and then I stop myself because Leticia, so much of this is we're doing this with intention. There's work and intention behind this. It, it feels easy because it's, it's our way of operating in the world, but there's so much intention around wanting to help and support people. Right. Sometimes when I think about magic, it's like we don't understand how we got someplace, which gives gives short shrift to the intentional work that we're doing. Uh, that's that's powerful. I think for me, what changed two years, two years ago when I started this podcast was precisely that, that I've always been good with people. I've always uh, I, I know I had the capacity to inspire pe- my friends if I, you know, like I always tell the story. I met my husband online and no one believed in Match.com 16 years ago. And out of that, like six people met their spouses in Match.com just because I pushed them to be open to the be idea. Open. Right. You yes. know, and, yes. and I knew it. But I say, but I think I can help more people because if you and I had met and we will have this conversation, you know, offline in a restaurant because we made through tap. I would have walked away knowing that this was such a precious conversation that mm-hmm. I didn't get to share with other people. Yes. And, and then through the podcast, what I thought is like, if I can encapsulate those amazing, inspiring conversations and share them with whomever wants to listen, then that's one person maybe that's going to be impacted exactly. by it. Exactly, exactly what you said. And that then it became intentional in my life. Yes. which had never been before. Now it's doing the podcast, putting the work in and putting it out there yes. is intentional. And, and then I see the magic happen. Yes. Yeah, because it's that one spark in that one person yes. that can change their trajectory of what they think is possible for themselves and may cause them to take action that they never would have done before. Yeah, and so, and, and you're a life coach, so I have to take advantage of this because the other thing you say that I think it's super important and I would love for you to elaborate a little bit more is you went on a purpose journey. Mm-hmm. So you went, you go on a purpose journey and I can, I can imagine people listening to this like, how do I do that? I know I want to do that. I know I'm not intentionally manifesting what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be. So what mm-hmm. can you say to those out there that, that just want to do just that? Yeah, that's a great question, right? Because I like actually didn't go back to work and I gave myself time and space and it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. (laughs) I imagine it was a year of growth and tears and really pushing myself to look, go really deep. That being said, my journey continues in small ways every single day. So one of the things that I encourage people to do is to start small leader uh, with journaling. Usually I think journaling, I call journaling free therapy, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's a way, and it doesn't have to show up in a particular way. It's just committing to some time to explore in an unstructured fashion, the things that are going on in our heads, because there are many 
and just getting those things out so that then you have a space to be an observer of your own thoughts. And if you choose to, you can go back and read the, read, read your thoughts or you can just be in it. I don't always go back and read different pages. Sometimes I do. But it's really just, there are things in your brain. Like there's things in my mind that I didn't even know were rattling around in there. And if I just give myself a little space to process how I'm feeling and how I'm thinking about things, there can be so many aha moments that pop up. Right. So if somebody's looking to explore where they are, what they're up to, simply committing a few minutes every day. And if they want to, you know, it's like, choose your own adventure. If you think a prompt, if there's a question that's been in your mind, just put it down on the paper and start to write about whatever comes out. There's no, I, like, I don't like to be too prescriptive about it, but it's a space to have, it's a way to have some space yeah. and to start just really thinking and getting stuff out. Because oftentimes there's so many things that are rattling around in our bodies that until we act in our minds, but our bodies too, right? Our feelings often, you know, they live in our body. Just giving space to just get some of those out is like the f- first huge step. And so if anybody thinking about a purpose journey on their own that's navigated, right? I'm a leadership coach. I work with business leaders who are dealing with personal and professional challenges. But there are things that I'm sharing now that I, I, I suggest that they do. Of course, of course. And, and they can reach out. We, of course, we'll have uh, your info in the show notes. And uh, but yeah, everything res- resonates. That's another thing I've always done without, without intention. I've, I've, I have diaries since I'm like 18. And I have, you know, basically yeah. all, all my life documented there, my thoughts. And I don't go out that often. But it's true. The times where I've been going out, I see recurring thoughts and things that I'm, hmm, if I was thinking this at 18, and I'm 47 and I, I'm still writing about it. This is important to me. Yeah, and, yeah. and so it's also a great way to keep you true to who you are, because some things are going to resonate more than others. And when they keep showing up, showing up, it's yeah. like pay attention. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just getting curious about it. Where is this coming from? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And what do I want to do with it when it comes out? And do I want to talk about this or do I want to take some sort of action? Yes, I love that. And and I love that. No, I mean, you are a very prolific writer and uh, you're a contributor in Thrive Global. And that's something, another link I will uh, put on, on, on your on your episode. And I love that particular one you, you wrote that I think goes hand in hand with, with helping people into, you know, probably exploring more, getting curious. And it's, yeah. you know, your spiritual well-being and, and how and why you committed to a mindful practice. And this is something... Mm-hmm. I've shared with my audience that the way I have navigated through the COVID pandemic in my most overwhelmed times where I had the two kids, you know, two small kids doing virtual learning, it was through mindfulness meditation. And it has helped me tremendously. And uh, so any, anything you want to share on that, on your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. Mindfulness, right. Some people don't really connect with that language. So I'm always very conscious of that. And well, one, because people oftentimes think that mindfulness only includes meditation. And it's like one of many tools. And, and oftentimes long ago, I was like, oh, I don't want to meditate. I don't, I don't see how that's going to work for me. I don't want my mind to be still like that. That's not a thing for me. I like to think about stuff. Mm -hmm. And well, your mind can, 
it's very challenging for your mind to ever truly be still. And if it's still, then you might not be a part of the living anymore. Right. <laughs> so let's, let's be clear about yeah. that. Right. Yeah. It's just a matter of giving yourself some space, some peace. And it may simply start by taking a couple of deep breaths and being just being conscious of your feelings at the moment. Right. And if you're feeling great or great, meaning what, what does great even mean? Right. Finding a word that actually describes how you're, you're feeling other than good, great, fine, well, okay. Like, how do you feel? And if it's a feeling that connects for you, then wonderful. And if it's not, then being conscious of it, then choose something different. What can I do to move myself in another direction? I see that as being mindfulness because you're being mi- mindful, practicing mindfulness because you're becoming present to your feelings and then recognizing that you have a choice to move it in one way or the other. Right. And it comes from simply, it could just be a pause. Right. I mean, journaling, I see as a mindfulness practice because you're creating space to be with yourself and simply get curious and ponder and reflect. Right. Right. These days, mindfulness, I mean, I do mindfulness check ins before every session that I run, really before every, almost before every conversation that I have. Like, how are you feeling? You asked me at the top of this before we started recording, how am I feeling? And I was like, yeah, let me think about that. Yeah, because we are so, uh, we go through the motion, right? Of, of yeah. how we're feeling good and you good. And, and almost if someone gives you a different answer, you're surprised by it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And so people are, I usually am really pushing people on that, especially now. Because it's like, at least I know, well, where are you starting from? before I have this conversation with you. Yeah. So I can be present to that and know that it might inform how we connect with one another in a meeting, in an interview, in a session. Right. And so yeah, it can show up in so many different ways. And the one thing I, I really want to emphasize here, given especially the times that we're in are, is the importance of really focusing on what's working And that's where the gratitude practices, or I like to say, like, what are you proud of today, right? Because there's so many things to celebrate about how we're continuing to navigate right now. And it's easy to focus on what's not working because our brains, right, are very present to that they have a negativity bias. Yeah. But let's focus on what's working and anchor and we can amplify the things that are working. But if we're not spending time even reflecting on what those things are, we won't realize that we have tools in our toolkit to help help us move forward, right? And I see that all as part of a mindfulness practice. And it's just about figuring out what resonates or taking small bits from those things and creating a little toolkit. That's, that's really great advice. And I think I, I, you know, I read somewhere and I do it, you know, to do that grateful it's not even a meditation, reflection, write three words at the end of the day, what you're grateful about of your day. And now more than ever, I mean, with COVID and all that, I mean, I'm sure that most of us say health, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and that's something we normally take for granted. And I think this is why this has been really a transformational time for a lot of people that we have taken life for granted for so long. And we are living in times where life is not to be yeah. taken for granted. And so that's a great three way, three little things to do to every night, do it. And then your mind shifts into that kind of positive, grateful attitude. 
Yeah. What are you proud of? What are you grateful for? Right. What are you excited about? That's fantastic. Well, I'm excited about collaborating in tab with you because yeah. I knew you were a special person, but this is, this is why I'm happy. I'm getting to know everybody yeah. up close and personal and everybody has such an amazing story. And I know that uh, both Jane and Marsha who have been on the, uh, on the podcast already, they interview all of us and they make sure that they were creating an amazing group of people so that yeah. we can do our best to help others and, mm -hmm. and to help underserved businesses and, and minority businesses. So definitely I want to know how you feel about all that. Oh, I'm so excited to be part of TAP. So many of my clients, so most of my clients um, in my leadership coaching practice are women, Black, Indigenous, people of color, and the intersection thereof. And whether or not they're in high-tech companies, corporate America, or many of them are running their own business, right? There's, there's so much opportunity for us to amplify what those businesses are up to and provide support for them to be successful because we know historically they haven't had access to the same resources and support. So by collaborating with TAP, for me, I'm directly impacting the clients that I serve. I'm amplifying my ability to have impact in the world by working with TAP because they are doing the same work. That's powerful. That's powerful because small businesses, of course, need the expert consultancy that, that TAP provides, but also someone like you, you know, that can, because it's very mental, being an entrepreneur and being a, a business owner is very yeah. mental. Your, your books might look good and, and the revenue is coming in and yeah, you have to tweak things, but there's an incre incredible amount of stress in knowing that you have to pay the bills, that you have employees that depend on you, just the fact that you know you cannot just quit whatever you want if you have right. people working for you, right? Exactly. So, so that leadership, that support that you provide, that, you know, mindset, uh, let's say realignment, it's, it's really very complementary to what TAP is doing. Yes, because business leaders, right? Yeah, they're out there creating for their organization. They're out there impacting <clears throat> their clients. And at the same time, they're navigating their own, like the whole, the, all, the whole, the holisticness of their life, right? And I, I've, I sit in a seat now as a business owner, and I've also, or I've been in consulting, I've been in corporate, I've been in startup world, I've been in ed. I'm able to bring all of that knowledge, know-how to bear in how I support TAP and, and really talking through how to amplify, how to support the business leaders and knowing that There's so much expertise in TAP and having a business background, right? Before I got to my entrepreneurship seat helps us. We speak the same language. And so we're able to have these conversations about how to support businesses with our various experiences to really have impact. So it makes, per, it, it's when I was asked to participate, it, it, I was really excited. It made perfect sense for me. And I'm just excited to continue working with TAP to help everything that they're up to grow. Great. And that's why we're putting the word out there. And you know that the intention is to, to help underserved businesses, minority businesses, and the quality of people. I mean, I actually, I always have a difficult time naming my episodes because there's so many things I grasp <laughs> from the guests that could be highlighted. And But, you know, Marcia's title, her, her title was uh, The Humanity in Success. 
And I could see that in each one of my top guests, that these are very successful people that have that humanity, that have that sense of greater good, that want to help others. And that is a very powerful thing. And when the small business owners find you as a top member, as a top consultant, they see that and they feel it. And I think really that's the top advantage is what makes the difference is you want to help. It's a nonprofit organization and it's really about creating ripples effects. Yeah, because hopefully those business owners, right, will move from small business owners and grow their business. Yes. And go on to lead and support and pay it forward for others. And we get to be there to help them get to that point. I right. love it. You know, to me, I see it it's successful as when a business owner no longer needs TAP. Yes. Because they've closed the gaps, gotten the support that they need, and they're out there doing their thing with confidence and intention profitably every day, right? That's what this is about, helping people move forward in that and grow their businesses. And TAP just has a wonderful resources with the, the, the team leading TAP, with the consultants that are supporting on the ground who are volunteering their time, very like bright, talented business leaders themselves or former business leaders, right? Who are saying this is important to us and we're going to go out there and ensure that these business owners have what they need. It's, it's, it's a wonderful. Yeah, it's a, definitely. It's a win-win and I'm very excited about the, about that. And so as we reach in the end of the interview, I always allow people to, to share anything else exciting that you care to share about going on in your business, in your life, anything that you're looking forward to, any dreams? Oh, boy. I am, my, I am looking forward to this pandemic being over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking forward to people, the world continuing to push forward to learn together positively to inspire and create change. I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm in the process of building a product to support my services business. I'm really excited about launching that. That sounds week. exciting. Yeah, I just, I'm excited about what I'm up to because all that I'm up to, especially with this product that I'm building is about supporting people at scale. And I'm just excited to be able to take everything again that I've done in my career to create something that can really be a, a continue to inspire change for business leaders. So that's awesome. my <laughs> Awesome. That's great. That's great. That, that, that sounds exciting indeed. And yeah. so the last question I have for you is, uh, which for me, it's uh, very obvious uh, throughout the episode uh, in helping people. But besides all that you share, is there anything else that helps you connect to your true essence? Anything that makes you tick? Anything that in the times where you feel down, you tap into that resource to reconnecting to yourself? Well, when I'm able to go play some golf with my husband, I'm really happy. <laughs> be outside, be in nature, be peaceful. Just, I, I don't want to call it disconnect mm-hmm. because it's connecting to something different. You know, my husband, I, I do have to give him a shout out. He's an amazing support to me and all that I do. Um, he's supportive. He challenges me. I know I wouldn't be where I am today without his love and support. Um, and so just being able to have that connection, like everybody gets to have, whether or not it's a partner in their home or not, just 
having their cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, and if you, so he's an amazing cheerleader for me and my family's a cheerleader too, but I have him right by my side every day. And I just want to remind people that if um, they get to look at their cheerleaders and, and look for to those folks as uh, accountability partners. And if something's not working for you, make a request to somebody who you believe can really help be a part of your, your team, right? Because we get to have support. Each and every one of us gets to have support. And sometimes that starts with simply making a request. That's powerful advice, I if think. We don't ask, we won't get, we, people won't know, right? Absolutely. So speak up, speak up and ask for, for help. I love it. I like that advice. And I like, you know, for a closing point is to, to surround yourself with your cheerleaders. It's, I think yeah. that's such an important thing that, that sometimes we love some people and we keep them in our circle, but we don't realize that by them not being a cheerleader or pushing up to achieve our highest potential, they really become someone that's making us lag. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, yeah. So definitely like you can still have them in your circle, but recognize right what it is you need to get to where you want to go and bring those people around. Right. Where do you go today? I have a big meeting and I call one of those people and I say, I need your brilliant brain this morning. And, uh, and we are there for each other. And it's certain people that, you know, have certain ability to mm-hmm. not to see the problems that maybe your new idea or your new project are going to encounter, but to see the possibilities of what that idea is going to bring. Exactly. Because we can't be great at everything. Absolutely. But what makes us great is identifying where the gaps are and figuring out how to close them. And sometimes it's simply having a thought partner and a, or a friend or a colleague, right? Or it's doing something, you know, something else. But like those cheerleaders, those gap closers, right? We can, we get to have that. So that's great. Well, you... For everybody out there listening, you know, identify your gaps and figure a way how to close it. Thank you, Shamis, for that closing advice. Very powerful. Thank you for being in Back to Basics. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful pleasure. I've had lots of fun. Likewise. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe Rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.